I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the My Big Break podcast. A new series from Motorsport where I try to get top drivers and team bosses to reflect on what were the key moments that led them to where they are today. I'm Chris Medland, and in this episode, I'm joined by Kimi Raikkonen, who might seem like a man of few words a lot of the time, but can actually be an incredibly engaging interview, as was the case here as he recalls the one decision that really kicked off his racing career and how he nearly didn't go for it. He also explains why he turned down offers to stay in Formula One in 2010 was unhappy about an approach a year later, but then made the call to return in 2012, and it has led to him becoming the most experienced F1 driver in history. Kimmy, thanks so much for joining us on the Motorsport Magazine podcast. We're here to talk about big breaks uh, in your career, moments that kind of led to you being where you are today and taking the path you did. Started out, like a lot of people, in go-karts, getting competitive. Were you just doing it for fun? Was it just enjoyment in Finland, or was there ever a point where you suddenly thought, you know what, I'm quite good at this, I, I can make a career out of this. <laughs> I'm sure there has been many times, but also on the other hand, it's, it's for sure it started out of fun, out of doing something. Um, you know, we used to do a little bit motocross when we were very young. Um, like, I think my brother like started when he was three and I, when I was five or something like that and doing at home, so, but more like destroying the garden. So I think the, our, our parents, especially father, uh, thought that maybe we need to do something else than destroying the garden. So uh, I ended up buying one co-card for like sharing for us. And then, um, yeah, we went to yeah, basically do it for fun and then got another one because my brother is quite a bit taller. so. So we had to chase the pedals, and it was always a normal fight. So um, I started from there. So I'm sure it started as a, you know, something to do, and it was, uh, you know, as a family hobby, I guess. And um, going around Finland uh, after some years doing racing, um, and uh, yeah, but then I guess there's been a lot of different mindsets on over over the years and on the way but <clears throat> yeah i didn't really probably think that i like yeah i'm obviously was uh, happy to go outside of finland racing but uh, you know we never really had much money and then obviously we had people helping and our cousins helping and um, to be even able to go to europe to race but uh, let's say it didn't start the most uh, most fastest way in Europe, but because uh, how different it is to Finland. But uh, I think uh, I realized quite quickly that obviously the money is the one thing, but we may be able to one way or another to find money and loan money from the bank to do be able to do in Europe. And uh, 
But then I also knew that I will never have a chance to, let's say, that we don't have the money to go out of the go-karts, but I was, let's say, happy to get to the point that it didn't cost anything for for us. So I could race for, let's say, free and uh, get some money from working in the, in the kart shop at the same time. So, um, but yeah, that's basically how it started. So you say there that you know, working in the kart shop kind of helped you fund the career. Was that- I not really fun, but like, because on that point I had, I got everything for free from Peter the Bruin. So, uh, but I got some, I don't know, cash money, I don't know, 100 gilder or, so, you know, a week or whatever it was, you know, but it, basically everything was free for me on that point. So, and that was 98. Mm-hmm. So basically the last year that I was doing go-karting, I did on 99 also some, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't think that I have the chance to go after that to, to car racing, but then luckily, obviously, my managers uh, contacted and, uh, and offered me a contract, but uh, it took a while before I, let's say I was, kind of deciding if I sign it or not. And uh, but nothing to do with the contract itself it was more my mechanic on that time finish uh, guy. My friend was obviously he had a history in, in racing and in England and let's say not the most nicest history of, you know, the normal story that often happens, especially on those days that, um, and that was, let's say nineties, mm-hmm. early nineties, maybe late eighties that, uh, you know, they paid on somebody and suddenly the team disappeared and the money went in the same way. So there was kind of, you know, a lot of those scary st- stories that, okay, you sign this and then it will end up very badly and this and that. So uh, I think, uh, you know, um, deciding on that. And also I didn't understand this uh, pretty much nothing out of the contract. So, you know. <laughs> Obviously, they were like uh, on the floor, like here, we just put everything on the floor and left it there and sometimes looked at it and uh, might might be a few days and then looked at it again. And uh, it was kind of, I don't know, I don't remember exactly how long it took, but in the end, I decided to sign it. And uh, obviously, that was, let's say, the big change because then I, I had a, at least a plan or they had a plan for me. So uh, without that, uh, for sure, I would never have, uh, let's say, gone out of the goal cards. Yeah, so so that was to come and race Formula Fords, Formula Renaults? Uh, Formula Renault. Oh, yeah, it wasn't really saying that what. Okay. It was that, okay, we'll make your contract X years and, uh, and we'll pay you until you start making money and all sorted out one way or another. So, so was that David Robertson? Yeah, David Steve. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so obviously at first I didn't know about Steve. Mm-hmm. It was with basically Dave, but then let's say when I did my first, they wanted me to come to England to to uh, once it got signed and everything. So obviously that was uh, where would it be? I think end of ninety eight maybe. Mm-hmm. I went to do a test and that was on Formula Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess I went, I think I did two tests. 
one in uh, what is it Truxton I think yeah yeah fairly fairly near London about an hour and a half yeah. in London yeah and and um, and then another one in Dorrington I think mm-hmm. and then I guess they were happy and then I kind of after that I found out about Steve because he was kind of they're watching, but I never met him before. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I met him when I first went to England, but that was like uh, just giving me a phone and disappeared. So it was <laughs> like, like no, not really met him. So, um, but um, yeah, um, and then we signed the contract, and then it got decided that it was for my re- uh, Renault. So, how did you meet Dave then? And like, because like you say you're signing over your life at that point to say okay I'm gonna trust you guys to help me make a career out of this and and leaving Finland to do that so how did they even come into your life to to meet them yeah obviously I was living that point in uh, in Holland mm-hmm. so um, it it was during 98 um, I think we were like in in Norway doing uh, uh, what is it Scandinavian championship mm-hmm. And uh, the guy got contacted by Harald Huisman. I don't know if you know, but uh, yeah. And uh, he was something to do with Dave and, uh, Dave and Steve. And uh, he's obviously Norwegian and he had a go-kart track and he used to race himself in the past. And so, um, and I think he was something to do with them before anyhow with Chesson or something. Mm-hmm. Might be wrong, but. That's my understanding. So, um, so he contacted me and wanted to meet us when we were there. It was close by, anyhow, to to basically where where his home was and where we were. So uh, we went to meet him and then kind of all started from there. And I think uh, when I was at Holland and um, what was the guy's name? Um, used to be team boss in Lotus a long time ago, Peter. Uh, Collins? Uh, yes, Collins, yeah. 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 I think him, yeah. Yeah. And and he kind of somehow told Dave and Steve, I guess. And obviously they had experience of helping because they uh, they had a or Dave uh, he mm-hmm. worked with uh Chainsaw before. So so then I guess it went well for them and then they were looking for another one and somehow People told, I guess they were looking and then some people told them about me and it all kind of started from there. So, How difficult was it then to make that decision to, to sign the contract? Because what was your what were your other options at that point? Was it kind of... Uh, go-kart. Stay karting? Yeah, 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 yeah. So obviously with the same team, with Peter De Bruyne and uh, Jose, I was very happy there and I knew that he's going to be a bit upset if I go, but... Um, yeah, that was really the either I stay or I'll, I'll go and um, you know and I don't know. Like I said, it took a while to kind of know is it a good thing? Is it gonna end up in tears and uh, you know this and that? But obviously, it worked out okay. And, but always was completely different, um, uh, something different that I'm used to. So it was also just. Um, based on that difficult to kind of decide when you then arrived I think I saw this in your book 
you first, so you signed this contract, you're coming to the UK and they're going to choose where to put you. And is it right that you landed at Heathrow and no one was there? You didn't know where to go? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, obviously I met Dave in Pranchats before. Once we kind of drove to, from Holland with my mechanic to meet him. Obviously I didn't speak that all English, so um, he made most of the talking. <laughs> but um, yeah, when I, then when it all got sorted and after the test and everything, when I went to England, I flew from Finland, yeah, Heathrow, I guess, and uh, and then um, had to take a train because I got like, used to a fax in those days, mm-hmm. not phones. <laughs> well, the phones were, but it wasn't like today. So um, I got the fax that where I need to go and this and that. So uh, went there and took the train from the airport to was the main railway station in London. Uh, from the airport, it might be to Paddington, I guess. Yeah, somewhere there. Or Waterloo, one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can't remember which one. Yeah, somewhere there. And then I was supposed to meet, uh, I think, yeah, Steve. I don't know if it's said Steve or whatever. But so I was standing there and didn't really know, you know, what to do. Apart from obviously from the facts that I need to still go somewhere. So and I met him and he just gave me basically phone and left. Oh. <laughs> so, so I had a phone then and uh, um, then uh, I had to I had no idea where it is I think it's where the team was based close by so it probably like a couple hours from London mm-hmm. chasing the train at once and obviously first time going there so um, got a bit uh, I wasn't sure because then it started to get dark and I had to change the train if I'd Gone, took in the wrong train at some point. I'm a, I'm a, a long way from, let's say, from where I started, like a few hours probably. And uh, and it was dark and I just like, I asked help from somebody to tell me where I had to jump off. And I saw the kind of the, the, the paper that I had. And uh, yeah, I jump off from one point and uh, like it was pretty dark and um, the way that it was like uh, somewhere nowhere. So mm. and uh, waited for a while in uh, at the railway station, a very small one, if I remember correctly. And then um, suddenly, I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever it was, somebody came and picked me up. So it was the team. Uh, I'm not, I, I cannot say that I remember who was it, but anyhow, I went to the the team Haywood Racing, yeah, mm-hmm. in the the owner's home. So I stayed there and uh, and they had uh, I think two kids quite young. So learning kind of one the younger one at least learning to speak and obviously for me it was perfect. <laughs> I work with uh, I went to the shop with them to do all with him and I don't know probably do mostly the teas and stuff and you know being around but they uh, yeah, basically started from the so was there a point on that journey when you're thinking, should I have signed this contract? If I don't, I don't remember. Honestly, I don't remember. I'm quite okay to just go and don't worry too much about anything. So, but for sure, yeah, I remember that I was thinking if I'm taking the I don't know, wrong direction or wrong train when I had to change the train or something, it would be quite interesting to try to try to figure my way somewhere. But. Uh, um, yeah, because the language was also an issue. Mm. So, I mean, it all worked out okay, and I was in the wrong, uh, right uh, train and everything. And 
and I think I stayed there like maybe a couple of months mm-hmm. living with them before I then moved to uh, where Steve and his brothers and uh, uh, in their home mm. in uh, Essex. And that clearly proved to be a, a very good decision to sign that contract with how quickly they helped your career progress yeah for sure i mean obviously you never know before and that's why i think and also because the people that i st- talk with they had very bad experience mm. so obviously that doesn't help you know you get this the, let's say the shittiest side of it and then you have something that could be really good so it was kind of uh, didn't didn't maybe help to make the decision but in the end i said i had nothing to lose and what if it goes you know bad it goes bad then i come back to do go-karts but uh, um yeah i then started the season with them i think we did win the series maybe yeah yeah formula runner went to series i think yeah the first when before the championship started in 99 mm-hmm. and um i had no idea where i finished but uh, i did the first three races and then like we kind of figured out or steve and they more like that the car is not fast enough. It was still when there was two different chassis and cars and uh, and then they decided to stop. So then I was like, oh, okay, now <laughs> everything is done. And uh, um, they told me to go to Finland and uh, I went to Finland and uh, and then I had nothing to do. So I called Peter uh, the Bruin to have a go-kart that I think I did Finnish Championship and uh, Nordic Championship and the World Championship for him because I had nothing else to do and I didn't really hear from Steve and Dave uh, for some months and I was like okay yeah it's like in my head at least I was like yeah it's all 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 finished but uh, yeah then we were somewhere doing I don't know some some festival or something and I kind of had zero money and my friends had zero money I went to check and suddenly I had money in my bank account because they kept paying me as a monthly sal- salary so then I thought oh, maybe it's uh, maybe not <laughs> why would they pay me if they wouldn't want me to come back but uh, yeah maybe some months months went back go and then they kind of said that okay we got your seat on the, the team that was winning many years and uh to do the winter series and then uh, next year and i think on end of end of 99 probably mm-hmm. um, i went back and did uh i remember i did the test on some point i did the test on they used to have this audi palmer yeah yeah, one, auto drone. Yeah, one, one test on those cars for whatever reason. I don't know why. Uh, and then um, then I did the Formula Ford Festival. Mm. And um, and then obviously I knew that I have to see it for the Winter Series. And then the, then the cars changed after the Winter Series. That everybody had the same car, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then it went quite quickly after that. I was going to say, yeah, so then you, you have the, the full season that goes so well. At which point does someone say to you, because it must have seemed <clears throat> crazy as well, if someone comes up to you and says, we're going to test you in a Formula One car at the end of this year. When, when did you first get that message? Um, I had no clue, but until... 
I was at home in in Finland with my with my cousin and um, with our garden. I don't know. I think it was some party or whatever it was. And, and my phone rang, and uh, I think it was Dave. Mm-hmm. That he called that okay, I'll I got you a, a, a F1 test in whatever in one month or whenever it was. I don't remember when he called, but it was like a, let's say a month, a month and a half before, or maybe a month and two months before. And I was like, really? Like, like, and I had no clue. Like before, it wasn't like okay, we try to do this or that. Mm-hmm. They just only told me once they knew it was. But obviously, I was very surprised. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, how basically went. And then, obviously, I didn't do the whole series in Formula Renault because I won the champions. Maybe there was like two races left or something. And we didn't do. We do. We did one like after my first F1 test. We did one. European Championship in Spa just to learn the track mm-hmm. in case I had uh, going to race uh, uh, next year. And uh, yeah, then kind of uh, went forward from there. Did you get a say in the F1 test? Did you did you say to him, are you sure? Or did you feel ready? Were you more than happy um, to do it? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I remember when he called me, but I don't Apart from obviously him telling me, and um, I mean, I don't know. I doubt that I would have questioned because I, it's not like you get chances. Okay, you get now and then. Okay, I don't. Uh, I, I'm not ready or something. And it's not like they're gonna. Okay, yeah, take your time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, it doesn't work exactly like that. So, um, yeah, I'm sure my in my head I wasn't sure how it's gonna end up and. All this and that, but uh, what else? You know, if you have a chance, you better try to do the best. And if it works out, it works out. If not, then something else. But uh, also, it was a, a lot different that I, I did one test in one day in Formula Three with uh, Carling mm. before. Uh, I did like maybe twenty laps in Finland with one F three. Uh, so not a track that you were going to be in an F1 car in no, no, it was the first time I did and everything in F3. It was before the calling test, or maybe it was like... No, it was before, actually it was before the the first test in England. Okay. Formal Ford. But I think it was a bad thing to do it because obviously F3, like I never driven a race car. Mm-hmm. And I did like 20 laps in one of the tracks in Finland. But I almost crashed the Formula Ford in like, let's say, first lap or something. Because there's no downforce. Yeah, like no grip. <laughs> yeah. It was so close. And afterwards, Steve told me that if I would have crashed it, like, and I missed the wall, like the, I was on the grass and everything, like going <laughs> sideways and like just pure luck and in, uh, in, uh, did he hit it? So um, he said that, yeah, if you crashed on, we would sign the contract. So. Really, I don't know if that, <laughs> but that's what he told me. So, but uh, yeah, I don't think it was helpful to do that because actually it didn't feel too bad because with all the grip and everything, and then the Formula Four is quite a lot different. Mm. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was completely different. And so I did that one day in, with Carling um, in Pembury, I guess it was, 
before the F1 test. And, uh, um, uh, yeah. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So your big break might actually be not crashing a Formula 3 car in Finland. That could be the big moment that actually... No, no, it was the Formula Ford car. Formula in, Ford. In yeah, England. in England, yeah. Yeah, um, maybe, yeah. <laughs> if, if it's true, I, I don't know what will happen if I put it in. Obviously, it doesn't get destroyed that much. So the wish force, there's not much else yeah. to get damaged. But, um, yeah. But then... Did you ever come close to crashing the F1 car? You go to Mugello, it's your first time in I it. spun once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and after the first corner, the left, the first left right, mm-hmm. on the left hand, it just, but like, I just reversed on the, gra- um, on the gravel and got stuck. But that's all, I don't remember if I was or the was close to put it in there anyway. Did it feel like it went well? Did you feel like you were showing people that you were Um I don't know, because you have nothing to compare. Mm. What, what, what do you compare to if you're doing well or not, apart from the lap times, but then as we know, the lap times could be anything, you know? Because there's no one else there testing. No, you? no, there was. There was okay. Michael. Okay. Uh, I think Dennis was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was... Um, Somehow I have a feeling that there was a McLaren car with uh, somebody driving, test driver. Mm. There was like three cars. Maybe Pedro at that time, or maybe earlier than that, I guess. Uh, What's his name? Um, I have a feeling that he was there with um, um, uh, friends who won in Monaco. When was that? Tennis. Yeah. Yeah, Olivia Panis. Yeah, I, somehow I have a feeling that he was there. Okay. But so you couldn't judge what they were all doing and think? I mean, I could buy a lap time, but like as for myself, what do I compare, you know? Mm. Everything feels fast. Like, I don't know if I do well or not. Mm. Like, the first day for sure was difficult because like everything comes so quickly to you. Mm. Like, you know, it's almost like uh, you want to, you know, you put like something going forward, the movie or something like quickly Mm. and everything like jumps. But then after one, one night sleeping, everything, I guess your brain gets used to it, the the, the speed and then kind of everything slows down to, let's say that it looks very normal again. Because it was like the corners like came too quickly almost like you had no time to to react and I did okay and obviously the braking was difficult to get used to but I think the most difficult was that you know my neck and everyone the car on that time didn't have a power steering so probably any other track would have been a lot easier but uh, mm. 
But uh, yeah, I think the second day was a lot easier on that point. Obviously, everything was hurting, neck and everything, so that didn't go any easier. But like purely like how with everything got more looking normal and slowing down and. Uh, so, but there was, I think one very good thing is that somehow they managed to get me three days, mm. even for sure as a, f- on a physical side, I wasn't ready even for one full day, but, but, uh, then I was not in a rush to try to like go quickly too quickly, you know, like do something completely stupid. Mm. So that was obviously a good thing. Because if you have, I don't know, half a day or one day, obviously you are kind of feeling that, oh, okay, this might be my time to show it. And then, you know, actually it can happen more easily. But uh, I think that was a nice thing. I mean, do you look back now and think how incredible it was that Dave and Steve pulled that off so quickly? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I have still no idea how they managed to do it. I never asked. And it's, I guarantee you it's nothing to do with money because they didn't pay a single. I know them, I, they don't pay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, um, I, and I think even Sauber has said it doesn't have a clue why, why did he give it? Yeah. You know, like, um, I guess it was honestly to do with something that they already had shown that they can kind of do a good job also with tension. Mm. So probably that helped a lot in the, in the kind of when they had the discussions. And I know that there was, they talked to another team also uh, on, on before or kind of same time. So. Do you know which team? Did they tell you? Yeah, I know. Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I visit there even. It was Jordan. Oh, okay. I oh, visit cool. there once. So you got I have no idea. clue when it was, I don't remember, but I remember being there. But then I guess, I mean, it's nice now as well, talking about it and you're an Alfa Romeo, Salba driver and you've come full circle. Yeah. Jordan would have been a different team to finish with. But once you got into the Salba, obviously again, like Dave and Steve moved you on very quickly. Does all this happen without you knowing? Does it let you just focus on I driving? mean, they, obviously I had like a three year contract with them, mm-hmm. uh, with Salba. But I don't know exactly, I don't remember. I'm sure the contracts are, contracts are somewhere and somebody has them, but uh, um, like if it was one year plus option on them or whatever, I think, no idea. Mm. Oh, I don't remember, I'm sure I knew that time, but I don't remember. And, um, and then on some point that 2001, obviously there was talks that, uh, started to happen with somehow with McLaren and Mercedes. I don't know if it started from uh, Mercedes or McLaren first, but uh, remember after Canada, the race in, uh, in that big parties that they used to have, uh, I talked with uh, Norbert and Ron and it kind of started to go. And then also Mika decided to stop and they were looking somebody and um, they kind of all started around that time, I think. I don't know, maybe they thought pretty sure that I talked to them before or something. Yeah, do you think, was it Mika going that really helped though? Because it opened up that seat? Yeah, I guess they had to find a driver. So um, I don't know how to end up then choosing who or that. But uh, I guess I did pretty okay in the first year with the experience that I had, so. Yeah, they, they obviously saw your potential and, and that put you in a race winning car. If, if we look at kind of the, the, the two biggest teams at the time that you drove for, for being McLaren and Ferrari, which of those two do you think were kind of the more important move for you? Was it getting into a race winning car early to show everyone that you're a top line driver or was um, it getting into the one that gave you the title? 
I don't know. I mean, obviously, the, the f most important was to get in F1 in the first place. And then obviously we had a pretty good, decent car on that. Obviously not the level of those not those guys, but uh, like we finished fourth in the championship with, uh, as a team mm. with, uh, with Nick. And, uh, um, so it was a good car, especially on certain tracks. But uh, um, yeah, it was obviously nice to get to to one of those, there was basically two big teams and it was McLaren and Ferrari. So um, it was great to have an offer and to be able to go there and have a chance to, to go there. It was, it was completely different. It used to be in the old factory when I first went there. Mm -hmm. It was in this- On the industrial estate. Yeah, but it was still like, I think when I was at Sauber, it was like 120 people maybe. Mm -hmm. So it was a quite small. And the factory wasn't that big, but uh, obviously they did a great job out of it. And so even if the McLaren was in the old factory, it was still a massively different story. Mm. So, uh, um, yeah, obviously it was great. It was, everything was different. So um, obviously that was it the first year that we didn't finish many, many races, I think we've yeah. got a few times, <laughs> yeah. engines and everything, but uh, obviously the car was, a, let's say it was the first year, first year with Michelin, so I think, yeah. I can double check that, yeah. right here. So it was all kind of new things and they were prob probably not the, the best especially start with, but um, they improved very quickly afterwards. So um, yeah, there was a lot of things, so it wasn't like, you know, they they were winning all the time, so maybe it worked out okay, you know. You grew with them, I guess. Yeah, and, um, you know, things were getting better and, you know, it's so many retirements to start with, but uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to get in it, obviously. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, I thought that might've been frustrating for you, because I think I've got it here that it was six races that you finished, or that you uh, classified in. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, now it's totally different, but yeah. was it not frustrating because it was a step up in, in um, team experience? I don't remember, honestly. I don't, probably I didn't care much, you know. Um, the one thing that I remember was the race that I lost in like three laps to go in Magnicus. Because mm. the more we went to the end of the year, we started to kind of be faster and obviously lasting longer. So, <laughs> you know, and um, certain tracks we were not too bad. Um, so that I remember the rest, I remember the finish many races, but I have no clue what happened. So, um, I, I mean, that one I was angry, but more to myself than anything else. So, uh, but I don't know if I, I've been pretty okay always, you know, if I, I don't know, something breaks up, what can you do? You know, it's if you are leading or something, it's more, uh, um, less nice, but uh, you know, you're not gonna change it, so I don't worry about it too long. Yeah, because that Manny Cole one was it would have been your first win. Did you still yeah. feel like that was the statement you needed to make was to get that win under your belt? Um, I don't think I was doing it for the show, it's just somebody it was for myself, you know, more. Mm. And I wasn't really worried that oh, it, it wasn't like if I don't win that uh, somebody, you know, that my contract depends on it or something, you know, it was more that obviously I want to win. So, mm. um, and how close I got, it was quite disappointing, but uh, yeah. 
Well, um, before we wrap up, because I'm wary of time, how much longer we got? Five, perfect. So um, before we wrap up, I would like to talk about the big move within Formula One that did give you a title though. And and going from McLaren to Ferrari was a blockbuster move. Uh, I don't know if it felt like it for you, but certainly everyone on the outside to see you make that switch. Like, had Ferrari been chasing you for a while? I mean, you replaced Michael Schumacher, which is big shoes to fill. Did you did you have a long build up to that or did it suddenly come as an offer? Take your bit. Um, I mean, I don't feel that there was anything that once we started to talk, it, it to me, it, that was the first time. Mm-hmm. So they hadn't been chasing you for a while or anything like that? As far as I know, I don't, mm. you know, I don't think so. But uh, um, basically, I had a contract until 2006, but then there was some of the... <laughs> uh, um, Things that we probably didn't think the same way we'd run on uh, mid 2005. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, and uh, obviously, then um, somehow Ferrari came in the same picture and uh, and uh, we end up signing the contract basically in mid 2005. So, obviously, I knew it for quite a while, a year and a half before I even going there. Mm. And surprisingly, it stayed in, uh, not many people knew it. Yeah. It, it, it is because it's hard to keep any secret. If you try now, <laughs> with anybody, <laughs> yeah. there, you know, I think it's, it's pointless because people cannot keep them out uh, <laughs> quiet. But um, yeah, there was only very few people that knew about it. So um, it stayed uh, quiet for a long time. Obviously, I knew it. So. Um, but yeah, it didn't change anything that was going to happen in, until the end of 2006. So. Did, did you worry about it at the end of 2005? Because you finished that year so strongly. A lot of wins, second in the championship. Did you suddenly think, oh, have I made the wrong decision to leave the no, team? No, I never, I never worried because obviously there wasn't, and now you had to go. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't like uh, end of that. And, um, you know, obviously Ferrari was winning a lot on those days. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I don't think you go much wrong either. Either top team you go. Obviously Ferrari and from 2000, the 2000 they won most of the until yeah five straight. Yeah, yeah. so so for sure you know if you purely look that you pick uh, them. But uh, yeah, I was never worried about even on dialing oh five. Yeah, but they were not that strong and this and that. But then oh six they were suddenly strong again. Mm. I was we were not that strong. I think our car was actually good at McLaren, but our engine was not where it should have been. So, but uh, yeah, I didn't really feel that. I I think we we told them that you know it's not like I don't try to be replacing Michael to be Michael. I, I was a different guy, and uh, you know they were happy with it. And obviously, Jean was there. Um, and he kind of understood that he worked with Finnish guys in his rally times a lot. So probably had a very good kind of understanding. And I I really liked it, him as a team boss always because he was, you know, what he said. That's how everybody did it. Mm. It wasn't like, you know, uh, I feel sometimes it's a bit different, you know. Uh, he had the power and he had the kind of people knew that okay we'll do how he says and we'll do 
will will do fine. So I'm very well. So um, it was very straightforward. You know, there wasn't games played or nothing. You know, he said this is how it is, and okay, everybody did. It. And I think was was really nice, and I really liked it. Well, as we sit here, you know, most experienced driver in F1, your, your career is coming to an end. Um, but it nearly ended a lot, lot earlier. You left at, at the end of 2009, had the two years out. How crucial was that phone call, whoever picked up the phone to you from Lotus, who said, we want you to come back in, like, do you fancy it? Um, yeah, obviously, obviously, I had a chance to sign another contract in the end of 2009, but I didn't for many different reasons. But uh, um, who was that with? Uh, McLaren. I was to go back in 2010. Yeah, yeah. So that would have been to go alongside Lewis instead of Jensen. I don't, I, I don't know. Yes, okay. there, but yeah. uh, I mean, we talked about it, and then yeah, obviously I had a contract still with Ferrari, and kind of they paid me out. So it, at one point, I said it makes no sense to me to 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 sign it. So. Um, but anyhow, and I was happy to do something else. I was fed up with all the politics. So, um, yeah, I think there was already to 2011, if I remember correctly, they, they asked because I remember Steve sending me email or text or whatever it was, or called me that, uh, that if I would want to go back and I said, no, I don't. So not not interested <laughs> at all, and and he, he for sure he wanted to, you know. Mm. But I said that no, no, no. And then and he had some kind of talks with them already. But then what really pissed me off that it was in the newspaper that they're talking, even if it was supposed to be very secret. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So that really pissed me off, and I told uh, somebody that uh, that. Um, something about them and uh, uh, probably not so nice and because uh, I was so pissed off that you know first day talk and I haven't even talked to them really yeah you said no at that point yeah, yeah but then like it was in all the news that oh yeah they're talking to them you know so especially being so fed up with all the politics and then the first thing that happens is that so it doesn't it doesn't really serve it very well but anyhow then yeah later obviously i was doing the rally and then i went to do the nascar and um i enjoyed the racing against people again because in rally you kind of race against um time so um then i thought oh yeah maybe i want to do some uh, some racing and then i called steve that i have a look if you found some uh, option to go back in F1. And then um, obviously I had a talk with, uh, with Williams. Uh, if I, I think I visit them at the factory once um, and uh, met with Toto once and because uh, he was that time mm, there. Shareholder there. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the Lotus thing came on the same time kind of. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah and then that once once that came up and that got signed pretty let's say i would say in two three weeks and that was just because you wanted to race other people again yeah was any other category on the table or was it only f1 no i did the lemo test on uh, 11 i think also mm -hmm. uh, with Bashar, but uh, i wasn't sure even to i wanted to try the car and but that was really like okay i want to go and do lemo 
Um, so, um, yeah, it went quite quickly once it started. So, with Lotus. I wasn't really even watching F1, so I didn't know exactly, like, you know, if they're good or bad. Or I mean, obviously, once I was about to sign, I knew that they'd done some pretty good races. So. But it wasn't like, okay, yeah, it needs to be this or that, you know. Either one, the Williams or that would have been, I wouldn't care really. I didn't look at that as a result. You just wanted to come back. Yeah. yeah. So, and obviously, it turned out to be a good, uh, good, good team. And, um, as long as it lasted, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. Yeah, well, um, we're all very glad that you did come back. It's been great mm-hmm. watching your career over the last 20 years. Yeah. So, Kimmy, thank you very much for your time and enjoy your retirement. No worries, thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.